Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Nice outfit. Thanks. I got a great tailor. Now let everyone go, pranksters, and no one gets hurt. We thought you chickened out, stretchy man. Actually, I did. See, I thought I was pretty much invincible until you and your oversized water pistol put the fear of God in me. You're welcome. And I was ready to throw in the towel. But then I visited a friend of mine, and he helped me remember that no one is fearless. But real heroes, they find a way to rise above that fear and make a difference anyway, even if it kills them in the process. So, this is me, rising up. Hopefully without the dying part. What's up, Primers, and welcome to this issue 93 of the DC Primetime Podcast. Getting closer and closer to that 100th issue of the podcast. I think March 18th was the date we just came up with. Uh, I, I think that's what we're saying. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be the big one. Yeah. So still working on some cool stuff that we're going to try and do for that 100th to try and celebrate. Maybe we'll even come up with some kind of a contest or something. Uh, that we can do to incorporate you guys into it as well. But we're getting closer to it. <clears throat> it's not too far off. Uh, but from the Next Level Showcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And Rob, I'm very curious. How you feeling, sir? I haven't asked you in a while. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I actually, oddly enough, uh, as odd as it sounds, I took my first couple steps yesterday in the walking boot. Which was awesome to not have to use crutches. Uh, I think I start PT this coming week. So I just got my contact information, and it sounds like they're allowing me to get behind the wheel of a car. Oh, nice. So uh, at least for very short, short, short drives, like five minutes or so, which is perfect. This gets me to the office I need to get to, and that'll be it. So uh, I am (laughs) very happy about this. (laughs) Well, Uh, I, I can't remember. I know I've seen you a number of times, but I've never really paid attention. Is it your right foot or your left foot? My right foot. Oh, so, so yeah, that's, that explains why you can't drive. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been about, oh my God, I'm trying to think, six, seven weeks now since post the surgery. It's uh, It's been a nightmare. So, <laughs> not going to well, lie. It's funny because as you're coming down from your surgery and getting better, I'm gearing up for mine. I have my, uh, my pre-op. Again, I have to do another pre-op, which kind of sucks, um, but I have that coming up this week, and then next Friday is my uh, my second surgery, So, in which I will be on crutches, but I, will, I only have 48 hours that I'm not allowed to drive, because mine is actually on my left leg, so uh-huh. I can still use my right foot, so I'm still good. I just have to sit that 48 hours to come down from you know the anesthesia and let the pain medication set in and all that other fun stuff. 
Yeah, you'll so. probably be more recovered than I will be by the time that you've done your recovery. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's the sad part. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's still gonna be a couple weeks, but um, you know that I'll probably be on crutches and a cane and stuff like that. But yeah, you might still be in the boot by the time I'm off the crutches. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're hoping I'll be off crutches in another two weeks, and then uh, I've got a, a lot of rehab, a lot of rehab. So yeah. uh, I think they're saying two months. So uh, hopefully, uh, end of March, I will be close to where I was pre-surgery and then shortly after I'll hopefully better be better than I was before the surgery so well I'm glad you're doing better as I'm sure the listeners are glad as well oh thank you sir figured I'd do that little check-in I I will say um one thing that has stuck in my mind I don't think we talked about this last week uh but right before we recorded last week the day before your wife Kat had something had a book signing or um she was doing something with her books uh, at a library close to me, and we we went out afterwards for some Japanese Chinese cuisine. Mm-hmm. And dude, I, I've been craving those wontons again ever since. <laughs> it's okay. I've been thinking about the Italian pancakes I had there because it's rare that they're ever really really good. But man, yeah, I just want that place to be like right next to my house. I know. <laughs> so. I had I had those wontons and chili oil, man, and I'm like, oh, I'm like craving them again. So but that's all right. We'll have to make another stop there sometime in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so <clears throat> excuse me. Um, four shows this week. Obviously, we're going to be four shows for a while. I think because I don't think I don't know if Arrow and Flash are taking any more breaks. They might. I they don't... probably are. Usually around uh, around like Easter time. There's usually at least a small break. A couple weeks usually. That's pretty normal. Yeah, but I know as far as Monday nights go. We're we're getting a show, I think, for like the next eleven weeks at least. Uh, no, uh, more longer than that because up until mid June. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, eleven is just till the end of Legends, and then Supergirl has to return, and we get however many episodes are left of that. So we're going to be continuing on for a good while, talking at something new every week for at least like the next eleven, twelve, fifteen, sixteen weeks. I don't know. I don't know how many episodes Supergirl's going to have to come back with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, but let's talk this week. We got four episodes this week. Uh, let's do our ratings of all four episodes. Uh, sidekick Hero or Legend, as we usually do, starting first with Supergirl, Season 3, Episode 11. Rob, what do you give this one? Su- uh, uh, sidekick Hero or Legend? I am going to go Hero. Uh, I'm going to go uh, High Hero, but... Uh... Pace was a little bit slower than we saw last week. I mean, they did some cool stuff. There was a really great nod that we just re- like realized uh, right before recording. Uh, there was an actress that made an appearance in the episode that we'll talk about in just a few that made me smile and you smile as well. Yes. Uh, but in addition to that, it was great to see some characters back. Um, and yeah, but uh, still, I mean, not quite perfect, but it was uh, still a fun episode. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <clears throat> it's a it's a hero for me as well. Pretty high hero at, uh, as at the same time. Uh, and yeah, that the actress I didn't even pick up on until you brought it. And now that I know about it, you're right. It it does nothing but make me smile. And not the only show this week to bring back a former character actress from uh, from previous DC work, mm-hmm. so, which we'll get to in just a minute. But yeah, side ca- uh, hero for me. Uh, next, we have The Flash, speaking of the other show to bring back an actress. Uh, season 4, Episode 11, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend? 
I am going to also go hero on this week. Um, as much as I loved everything they did with Ralph, uh, and I thought it was a blast, um, I, I still felt like it was lacking a little bit in places. And I think the effects work was a little rough still. I think they still need to do some work on uh, Elongated Man. I mean, it still looks solid for TV, but um, I think it still is just shy of that legend, but I would still say high hero in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going legend on this one. I, I love the stuff that they do with Ralph, so I'm really enjoying it. I agree some of the special effects probably could have used a little bit of work. But uh, no complaints for me. Again, it is just television, so I don't really over-criticize when it comes to the special effects, especially when we look at some of the stuff we've seen from these shows in the past. Uh, <clears throat> and again, we did get a nice uh, previous DC character return uh, as um, and the actress that played her come back. We'll talk about her in a little bit. And something I did notice about another character that IMDb has been doing, which I really, really love, and we'll talk about that. Uh, later as well next we have black lightning season one episode two sidekick hero or legend this one's getting a legend for me i am really really loving this show uh and i gotta give them a lot of credit too for really not being afraid to continue with the the ideas of racism the gang warfare all these little things that they're doing i think just exceptionally well and um, I'm just really blown away with how great of a job they're doing. Yeah. So it, it, it holds true to legend. Uh, yeah, a legend for me as well. I, it's I've always said that I give any new show three episodes uh, to find its way into my viewing. And the reason behind that is the pilot's always usually pretty strong. Second episode tends to drop off a little bit. But by the third episode, if it doesn't pick up again, I, it doesn't keep my attention. Uh, this is an exception to that because the pilot was great. And I think the second episode didn't drop off at all. I, if anything, I think it was even better and stronger than the pilot. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, this is... Uh, even if we weren't podcasting about this, this would still be a show that would make it into my everyday, uh, every week viewing. So it's a it's a legend from me as well for this one. Uh, and lastly, we have Arrow season six, episode eleven, sidekick hero or legend. I am giving this one a hero, and it's going to be a high hero. Uh, lots of positive changes. I think we started seeing a big kind of change in the winds last episode. Uh, where you're really seeing the hero ends of the spectrum of the story getting better and better and better. Uh, that's happening again in this episode. And the villain stuff is starting to materialize in a little bit more interesting of a way. Uh, still a lot to be done still at that point, as we discussed last week. But uh, baby steps. And I think they're they're getting closer and closer to righting the wrongs of the earlier part of the season. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm giving this one a high hero as as well. This is one that uh, I know we were very overly critical for the mid-season finale last week when the show returned. Uh, still a little critical, but the show had improved a little bit, and we still had big complaints with the villains. Uh, but there's been a big change in the wind. It's now blowing in the right direction as far as this show is going. Uh, I've, I've actually turned around quite a bit on a particular character at the same time. Uh, we got a nice little reference to an actor's previous work, which you didn't pick up on, but I did. And um, I'm loving this stuff now kind of uh, where they're going with William and Oliver's relationship at the same time. 
So this is getting a high hero from me as well. And I'm sure Anne will be very happy about that. <laughs> uh, as she did comment, <laughs> as she always does, uh, on our um, our critique of Arrow last week. But uh, she'll be happy to know it's 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 come around on us this week. Yes, uh, I, I honestly, you know, I, I'm not going to even bury the lead on it, too. There, there's a specific moment that I'm looking forward to talking about Arrow, which is uh, Felicity and uh, William watching the monitors. And it's the, the monologue by Felicity. And I'm like, man, this is like really close to giving this a legend just because of this moment alone. So. Yeah, there was a couple moments like that this week, uh, that that whole monologue from felicity talking to william was a great moment uh as you heard in the beginning of the podcast the line of the week was ralph's um monologue about becoming a hero and what it means now to be a hero and and taking that risk and the fear of death uh so yeah so we've gotten there's a lot of great stuff this week that i really can't wait to dive into and talk about so let's let's jump back to the beginning to supergirl season three episode 11 titled fort Roz. supergirl and saturn girl recruit livewire and sigh for a mission to recover a prisoner from fort Roz who knows how to defeat rain uh, IMDb gave this episode an 8.1 and ING, IGN gave this a 7.6. So right around the same range, only like a 0.5 off. And that's right around where we are too. I think we gave it like, I know I gave it a high hero. I don't know where yours. Mine was a high hero. So it falls around like a 6.8, 6.9. Like okay. I, we usually say seven through 10 is a legend or eight through uh, 10. Eight, eight through so, 10 is a legend. Yeah. Okay. So this is about a seven, seven, five. Yep. Yeah. So we're right around. Right around the same area as the two of these as well. Um, I will say this episode did something that uh, I really applaud it on. And it really made me uh, sad about the loss of a villain. Uh, because they there were some great... Re- and I love when they do those redemption moments of a villain before they're gone. And it's because we did see the death of a character in this episode. Uh, well, or did we? That's that's really the question. Uh, it feels like a very much yes. Okay. Um, I. Uh, all right. Let's get <laughs> to the episode. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious. Are you are you okay. ready to go somewhere? Uh, I. You know, for me, it's just the idea of. I really like when shows build up the roster of villains, and Livewire has always been one of my favorites that they've had, and she's the one that I'm more interested to see come back. She's kind of like the Captain Cold of that show. Okay. And I think it was, you know, they when they even brought in Sai, I'm like, who is this again? Because she's only had one appearance prior to this. Yeah. And I didn't care about her being there, nor do I really find her character all that interesting. Um, and I, I'm kind of concerned that they got rid of one of Supergirl's most interesting villains that's not a big bad. Um that does concern me just a little bit because we're still early on in this series. Uh, we're only in season three and the early part of season three still. So um, kind of hoping or I was kind of hoping that's not where they were going to go. But you know what? I think the way that they handled it was done well. I mean, Leslie slash Livewire was a really great, interesting character. Uh, I thought she was also a really wonderful villain. But I mean, it's not a big shock because of even how we saw her play out last season. Uh, when we were dealing with the big bads where we saw that situation where there was other people getting live wires powers and there's the episode where Leslie is involved in the mix and with Supergirl. So it wasn't a big shock to see that change happen and that switch happen here, but I was kind of, I wish they would have had more time to play with their character before they did that full on 
sacrifice for Kara. So okay. Now talking about how there were other characters previously in the season that got her her abilities. Do you think this could open up the the opportunity to there being another live wire down the road? Uh, no, because I think they addressed that last season when they did that episode uh, that they kind of put a stop to all of that. So I, I think that's a done and over with. I mean, unless they find some other way to bring in another live wire, I, I think that could be the end. OK, <clears throat> yeah. And it was kind of, the, you know, it was kind of a bummer for me because I was really starting to like the interaction with her and Kara and, you know, the moment when she. She goes after Rain and she's like, I'm tired of you killing my friends. And, you know, she's pretty much admitting that she's become close to Supergirl through all of this. So I, I really liked that kind of redemption right before the end. And I was I was kind of bummed that, that they did kill her off. But, you know, it, it, sometimes it's the way these these things go. And you're right about Psy, too. Like, when they first introduced her into this... this uh, this episode, I had completely forgotten we had ever seen her before. <laughs> yeah, that's... I I think I even said last week we're getting a new villain called Psy, and I was like, <laughs> I I was like, I don't remember her at all. Yeah, it was kind of a, and it was even and the funny thing is it was this season too, so it's kind of like was it really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, it, wow. show, it shows how unforgettable she was. So yeah, that's uh, um, you know. But, I mean, she has potential to be an interesting character. They just need to, to, to develop her a little bit more. So Yeah. Uh, another interesting interaction between two characters that I really loved this episode. As it, and I know we're kind of diverting away from the main plot of it, which we'll get to. Um, but I loved the interactions this, this week with Wynn and Brainiac. Yeah, I thought... Uh, uh, the know, who's Brainiac, smarter? Yeah, the Brainiac 5 and... Uh, yeah, Wynn angle, I thought, was just phenomenal and i think there's a lot they're going to be able to do with that and i think it's going to be fun watching them because you can tell they're going to end up becoming good friends yes so yeah uh, but i think that's gonna be a fun angle yeah yeah i do too and i think i love the whole who's smarter aspect of it and you know brainiac kind of brainiac five kind of at you know at a loss when win ends up becoming the, the smarter of the two and figuring out how to send the signal to the to, to the legion ship mm-hmm. so uh, but let's get into the meat of it. We obviously we get these uh, the another girl power episode, but not um, so heavy as we have seen from other shows done. And- <coughs> Flash, <coughs> sorry, something <laughs> made my throat. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I know. Was it Flash or was it? It, it was Flash. or Arrow. No, it was Flash. I don't remember. Oh yes, it was, yes, it, it was. was. You're right. It was the bachelorette party. Yes, yeah. you're right. I was thinking it could have been Arrow because Felicity was a part of it. But it, you're right. It was on. That was on Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we didn't hear the words girl power spoken at all, which is always a good thing. Uh, but no, but I think it was very well done. And not only that, but they kind of put a comic booky excuse as to why this had to happen on it. Like this is a blue star that, that not only takes powers away from Kara, but it kills men. Well, it wasn't that there was a, there was a chemical or uh, something in the atmosphere that would destroy Y chromosome, anything with a Y chromosome in it. So okay, that, that's it didn't okay. have to do with the blue star, but that was just part of the um, radiation, I think, that was coming off of it. Okay. So. And I also love, I mean, I know it's television, 
But it always makes me laugh every time there's some kind of disaster that's about to happen, and it always happens at just the wrong time, meaning, you know, Kara, Livewire, Sai, and Saturn Girl all go to Fort Robs just as it happens to start falling into the blue star. <laughs> but you know what, though? I got to say, I, I, I do think this was a really enjoyable episode. It feels like, you know, for the main reason that they went there was to find this Kryptonian that was locked away by Kara's mother at Fort Roz, and when they actually finally meet her, did it feel like they accomplished anything? Not really. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. No, <laughs> so it, it really didn't. It's not just me. <laughs> so, no. And it was kind of like, Rain's gonna kill you. Well, yes, we know this. <laughs> um, and that was kind of all we got. All they, she found out is, there's more world killers. Yes, we've established this last, last episode, that there was gonna be more to come. I mean, Kara didn't know this, but Raiden definitely did, and the viewer did, so I think it was kind of, that's kind of what kept this from being a better episode than it was. It was, the audience already found out what Kara found out, and we were a week ahead of her. So if that is the big revelation, it kind of doesn't work, and that's kind of the problem uh, in this episode. And it's not to say that's, you know, hard or a or terrible thing, it was just a uh, you have something building up to this big moment and you lose a character because of this revelation, but it's a revelation that the audience already knows. And yeah. I think that's why this definitely falls short. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think we find out by the end that there's supposed to be, um, uh, two more, two world killers that are, that are going to be coming purity. And I can't remember the name. Was it purity and pestilence? I think it might've been, but I know by the end of the episode, we actually get our first look at purity. Yes, we one do. of the other world killers. Um, so yeah, and it's so, going to be kind of a race to who can get to them first because it's because it doesn't seem like they've kind of woken up to being world killers. It's just their powers, uh, purity's powers have surfaced. So uh, I think it's going to be it's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the race to where this gets to. Um, but one thing I thought that was kind of interesting, and we definitely know Sai is going to factor in more for the rest of this season because she did touch Rain. And she saw Ruby uh, through Samantha's eyes, which was not discussed with Kara yet. So she's got a lot of lot of inside information at this point in time. Now, is that what Sai saw through Rain, or is that what she made Rain see? Because I took that as if that was what was that was that was the inner oh, struggle between gotcha. Rain. Okay, so I just kind of watched that in a different mental light because I kind of forgot how Sai's powers worked. So yes, no, I think you're correct. I take yeah, that back. I t I took that as the inner struggle between Rain and Samantha because and that's why Samantha woke up for a second. Yes, exactly. So I mean, we did make that early prediction early on in the season when we knew that Rain was coming in that that Ruby was going to play a part somehow uh, in all of this, and now it looks like we're we're getting more and more to that. Um, but it also looks like I, I'm I'm enjoying how they're now starting to explore that Samantha now knows there's something going on with her. She doesn't right. know yet to this degree what it is. Uh, she doesn't know yet that she is Rain, but um, and, I, th I think she's going to find out very soon. And the person that she talks to about the whole thing was Alex, yes. which I thought was interesting because now the DEO is going to be in on this a little bit. Yes. So it makes us wonder now, I think, and I know you're feeling the same thing. I'm very, very, very curious to see how much longer it's going to be until – um, they realize Samantha is Rain, and I have I, a feeling we're going to find out in the next two episodes. I f I think the same thing. I think that's one of, that's going to be one of the big revelations before the show takes a break. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a smart place to end it. So, 
Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think before in I think within the next two episodes, not only are we gonna see um everybody real realize that Samantha is Rain, but I think we're also gonna get the introduction of the other world killer as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I mean because we we've already gotten one. There's only one other one and we have two episodes left. So Yeah, I think what's gonna happen is we'll see Purity this week, the other world killer the following week, which is the episode that it'll end on, and then the revelation will happen at the end of that episode as well. So I think that's a good place to end it. That's more than likely where it will end. So we'll just go from there and stay along for the ride. But it's uh again, I gotta say big props to Supergirl for really turning it around this year. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know I have some friends who are just getting into it, too, and I keep telling them, I'm like, just keep watching. It gets better. Uh, not that it's ever really bad, but, you know. Um, yeah, I'm looking ahead to next week again. We'll we'll get to that in a minute, but it doesn't list anybody. IMDb does a good job of not revealing much until it gets closer to the time. So uh, not really much. And I thought uh, – I can't remember if you said last week we were going to get Guardian this week. Or if that's next uh, week. This, this coming week. Okay. Yeah, because I was a little disappointed we didn't see. We didn't get any James this week. No. no. Uh, had... But this coming week, I believe, is when we see Guardian suit back up. Which would be this nice. This is, I think, a big Morgan Edge episode, if memory, uh, memory serves correctly from the uh, synopsis I've been reading. So Okay. Um trying to think oh so uh we did talk a little bit about them going to fort Roz and going to find the uh the the kryptonian that they were going to talk to and i think this is a fun part to fun place to mention uh jinda Kalraz, who was the 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 old kryptonian uh but this is the nice little throwback to the original superman films uh to anybody that doesn't realize and this is something you you recognize the actress as being familiar uh, but you weren't too familiar. You didn't know where from. You thought it was, it was a Supergirl a, movie. Yeah, I thought it was the villain. But I do think actually the villain from the Supergirl movie is making an appearance in another episode coming up somewhere in this season, too. So uh, I got to do some reading on that. But I believe that's also true. Uh, yeah, but Sarah Douglas was the actress that played Jindakal Raz. And if you don't know who she is, she is also the one that played Urza uh, in the original first two Superman, Superman films. Uh, Superman 2. Uh, no, she's also in Superman 1. Was she? Yes. They're, all three of them are in Superman 1. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I almost forgot. It's been a long time since I've watched the Donner films, so I, I think I need to go and rectify that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I honestly I don't think I've watched either of those two films in probably at least 15 years. So it, Really? It's been that yeah, long? It's probably been that long. Yeah. Well, you need to refresh yourself with those films, my friend. I, I do. I really, really do. Because so. they are fantastic films i think the last time i watched anything is when the donner cut came out of superman 2 and <laughs> so that gives you an idea so uh i'm looking at the the supergirl cast and i don't see i think faye dunaway was the villain in the film and she's not scheduled to be in supergirl at all um so i don't know who it is that's from supergirl that's supposed to come over but i don't see anybody I'm going through the cast. I, I could be wrong. Um, yeah, we'll have to take a look-see and see where, where things fall. So, yeah. All right. Now, that's a movie that's been probably over, like, 20 years since I've yeah, watched Yeah, that's it. definitely been over 20 years. <laughs> since I, I've so. watched the original 1984 Supergirl. I was only five years old when that movie came out. So, um, uh, But, yeah. So, um, one of the other things I, I really enjoyed about this episode is I loved the stuff with Alex and Ruby. 
Uh, especially the whole going to the bully's house as the FBI. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I think that was uh sorry, my I got a weird lag there for a second on my oh. uh my connection. I was like, huh, wait, what this happened? And so I, I was wondering, I thought I might have lost you there for a minute. No, no. Uh, well that and it also sounded like you were about to continue saying something. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so it was just an odd cut off there. So I was like between the call and that I'm like, I I'm gonna stay quiet for a second. <laughs> so uh but no, yeah, I thought that was a really kind of cute and touching and a kind of uh, played a little bit more into, uh, I think, Alex's personal decisions. And it seems like there's the little bit more closure still yet to happen with the Maggie stuff. So Yeah, I was, uh, a, I was a little disappointed. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, no, no. You know, I was, I was kind of like, uh, all right, did we really have to bring Alex into it again? But they didn't go too far into it. It was literally just a text message um, that kind of brought up feelings. But it, it worked really well with that whole interaction with her and Ruby. It worked well in the context. Yes. Yeah, it really did. It didn't bother me that they did that at all. I think no. um, because, again, this is the person she was going to marry, and it's not like, hey, in six months, you're over it usually. You know, it's usually takes quite a bit of time. But uh, I think they handled it incredibly well. Yeah, me too. Uh, agreed completely. I actually even, I even paused it to read the text message. Uh, to see if there was anything to it. And when I read it, it was just her looking for her passport. I'm like, okay, all right, we're, we're all right. Mm-hmm. We are good, Supergirl. So um, anything else about this episode that I might be forgetting? No, that kind of really does it for me. I think that we, we've more than covered everything. Yeah, okay. Uh, by the end of this, Fort Roz is still intact, right? They did res- recover it, and it's still revolving around that star. Uh, you know what? They don't. I don't think they even bring that up. Um, I think I, I come to think of it. I don't think they touched upon that. I kind uh, of was like after the fight, they just got back and that was it. Yeah. The, so, like the next thing you know, you just see Saturn girl hugging Monel, and it's okay. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's not, that's not touched upon at all. I don't think so. It's a wait and see. Okay. All right. Let's move on then to the next show of the week, The Flash, Season 4, Episode 11, The Elongated Night Rises. A familiar villain returns to terrorize Central City. Ralph must rise up to defend the innocent while Barry is detained by his trial. Barry searches for the strength to keep his optimism alive in the face of his new circumstances. Uh, So IMDb gave this rating an 8.2, while INGN gave it a 6.3. So a bit of a difference uh, between the two, but we know IGN can be a little overcritical sometimes uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to their ratings. I mean, hell, they gave Arrow what like a four point two last week, yeah, yeah something but... like that. So, uh, but I I thought this episode was a lot of fun. I gave this one a legend. You gave it a high hero. I love the stuff that they do with Ralph um, uh, when it comes to this show and. I, I understand some people might be a little offset that, you know, this is an episode focusing more on Ralph and less on Barry. But what do you expect when Barry is in prison? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I I think they're handling things as best as they can for the situation. But I think if also Barry just gets out of jail, like in an episode, like they did kind of like, hey, let's just truncate the story down to one or two episodes. I think it loses the whole purpose of this season. So, yeah, again, I think it's going to be a while before we're going to see Barry out of prison. I, and I I kind of like the stuff that they're doing with Barry in the prison. Not um you know, it's it it's more it's it's character development, 
Uh, you know, yeah. this is more towards Barry outside of being the Flash. I mean, we, we know how he is as the Flash now. He's come around on being that hero. Now he has to come around to being the hero um, if uh, the hero that he is when he's not in costume. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I think uh, one of the things that was kind of cool, too, is like we were we got a brief glimpse of him last week and then a little bit more again this week, which was Bill Goldberg's character. Yes. Um, and we found out that he is playing a deep cut in DC history by the name of Big Sur, who is actually one of the was a very short, short lived character that was in the rogues uh, that had armor originally given to him by the monitors of all people. Um, but uh, that character was part of the original trial of the Flash, but not in the same context. So I thought it was kind of cool that they they pulled a character like that as a deep cut as uh, somebody that is very different in scope in here. So I think it was kind of a cool move. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's it, Big Sur, too, doing a little bit of research is a character that has never been portrayed on television before. Uh, no, so it, well, I mean, again, that's that's you're, you're talking now like Z-list DC character. <laughs> so um, I'm looking ahead uh, uh, at Bill's IMDb. It says he is going to be making another appearance, but it says not until episode 23, which kind of sucks because we're only on episode what did I say? Episode 11? So, yeah, I mean, that's a ways off before we're going to see him again, which I, I know we're not going to see Barry locked up until episode 23. It's not going to happen. Well, um, they'll also probably their ratings will plummet if they do so. so. Yes, <laughs> so. but it but it makes me wonder, um, could we potentially see if it's not until later? Episode 23 is the end of the season. I think that's pretty much like the penultimate episode of the season. Could this be a lead in? to a more bigger rogue-centric season next year with Bill Goldberg as a reprising role? That's a very good question, and I have no idea because it feels like <laughs> there's so much that has to happen. I have no idea how they're even bring, taking Barry out of the picture yet, and we haven't even seen DeVoe this week. So we don't know the whole nine, nor do we even know the rest of the people that were on the bus yet. So there's a lot to happen. And I generally have no clue whatsoever what is to come still. So. I mean, if, if they take this whole Rogues storyline and use this season kind of as a development towards it and then next season kind of stretch it out over two seasons and use next season to kind of focus on, OK, now we're going to bring all these rogues together into a formidable big bad for Barry. Uh, I would actually be OK with that if we kind of stretch this out over two seasons. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and there's also just where the original Trial of the Flash ends, and we could be looking at a very different season as a whole next year, regardless. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, in the original, and I, I apologize for folks that don't know Trial of the Flash, um, but in the original ending of Trial of the Flash, Barry it doesn't stick around. Uh, he ends up in the future for quite some time. So, um, yeah, so I'm very curious to see what they're going to do here. And uh, if that's what happens at the end of the season or not. So it's it's the trial of the Flash ends in a very interesting way in the comic books. And if they even take an inkling of that here uh, next year, it could be a very different season for the Flash. I kind of hope, though, that they don't do that only because we've already seen him go away once when he went into the time for or the time force we'll get back to Power Rangers uh, speed force. Uh, you know, so he's already gone away once. I don't want to see Barry leave again. Uh, I think we, it's possible we could even see that happen this season. So uh, who knows, you know, where it'll happen for an episode or two this season. And 
I, I generally don't know. I really <laughs> generally have no idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it really, I think it's very dependent on a character that we see in the the uh, stinger of the episode. Yes. And uh, I think that's going to be a very big part. But before we get to that, let's let's talk about Ralph. Well, I, w- I just want to say one more thing, too, um, oh, sure. about Barry before we move on to Ralph, because Ralph really is the meat of this episode. Um and I know, like, uh, one of the things I really liked about what they did with Barry in the prison is that, yes, he's not the Flash right now. He's not going to be the Flash. But he is living up to being that stand-up guy that, like, look, this is a guy who could basically phase through the wall and get out anytime he wants. But he's not. He's living up to – he's not taking responsibility for his actions because, obviously, he didn't perform this murder. But he doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to ruin his own character. Um he's hopeful that things will come around and he'll be released. So he doesn't want to ruin any chance of that by basically breaking out. Um, Cause otherwise, cause how would he explain how he got out anyway, without revealing that he's the flash when it eventually came to that. Uh, but even though we have not seen the flash and he is not flash right now, the flash right now, we did still get a glimpse of his ability. And that was when he helped with the, uh, the prison riot. Yeah. So we still got a little bit of that, which which was nice. Uh, but now you're right. Let's talk about Ralph. Another huge, um, huge episode uh, for for Ralph, and um, more character development, which I, I really really like. Because now we kind of got the whole uh, character of him when, when with Joe last week of being a moral compass. Now we're seeing him actually develop into a hero. Not only that, but now he's he's looking more like a new hero at the same time, not only in costume, but now also in name, which I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stretchy man. Yeah. I, so. I, I love the fact that he just kept referring to him as the stretchy man all, all, almost all episode. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, I think that was kind of wonderful. Yeah, exactly. um, I, I honestly too. I think Ralph's journey in this in so far this in this season as a whole is great, especially with the culmination of where things went to by the end of this episode. Yeah, so. I'm I'm really hoping that the way things are going with this character and the development that they're putting into it and the time that they're spending with it, uh, that Hartley Sawyer sticks around after this season. I really, really would love to see him become a regular with with this with this group. And if he doesn't stay here, does. Head him over to Legends. Yes. God, he'd be amazing in Legends, too. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. The interactions with him and Mick alone would just be fantastic. The interactions with him and anybody would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, But we did see the return of one villain that we've seen previously on The Flash, and that being the trickster, Axel Walker. Uh, But we also saw the return of a villain from the original Flash, uh, which was Prank, also played by the actress who originally played her in the 80s uh, 80s Flash, uh, Corinne Bauer, which was really fun to see her return to this role. Yeah, it was very wonderfully done uh, seeing seeing this because it makes me now, as we even joked right beforehand, now all I want to see is when Mark Hamill comes back for his next appearance uh, that we get to see a a you know tr- the original trickster, the new trickster, and prank all together for a single episode. I'm sure that's going to happen. I'm pretty damn sure we'll see that next year. And if it's next year, and again, like I said, we're doing a big rogue-centric season again next year, how cool would it be if if incorporated into the rogues is a family of tricksters? Mm -hmm. You know, trickster, trickster, trickster junior, and prank. Um, But one of the other things I really loved about this whole storyline is I love how Guggenheim and these guys um, are, are... 
making it a running joke with Bebo. Oh, I know that made me <laughs> so happy. They're like, what should we do? You know what? Let's bring Bebo's back. Uh, I mean, it's the only second appearance of Bebo, I think. I think it's it's there was a mention of it at another time, though, as well. Um, I think in another episode since the original Bebo appearance. But that just made me so happy. And I'm like, please keep Bebo alive and well in the Arrowverse because uh, it's just way too wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And I loved it because the moment that they revealed the first victim and it's Bebo, I think I immediately, I think I yelled. I was like, Bebo! <laughs> it's just excited to see him again, which is, which is so great. Uh, but yeah, so, um, we, we finally get Ralph stepping into his role. We get the costume. We get a nice Evil Dead Army of Darkness, uh, little pop reference right there when he opens it up. Not only that, but it's kind of a mix of the Evil Dead slash pulp fiction. Uh, reference in that he opens up the mini case. Uh, there's a glowing light, kind of like the suitcase from Pulp Fiction, uh, and the words out of his mouth are groovy, which is you know we know a signature line from uh, from Ash Williams from Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but a lot of fun stuff that they've they've been doing with him, and I, I love. I, I really hope that they continue to progress with this character, uh, and and just make him more part of this this group. Yeah. So, no. Absolutely. Um, before we wrap things up, obviously we got to talk about that little stinger at the end. Uh, formerly known as the caterer, now known on IMDb as the pay it forward woman. They change her name every time. Uh, and I think even the actress says she's just referred to as mystery girl on set. Yes. So. They are keeping it a big secret, and I'm, it makes me wonder. I think the cast probably knows at this point because they've probably already filmed it. Uh, but it makes me wonder if leading up to the moments it's revealed in the show when they were filming if the cast even knew who she was probably not at that point in the wedding i think there maybe a couple people did a couple people didn't but even like i said the crew didn't know who her character was so uh i think the writers are aware and a couple other people are aware but i think there's a lot of people still in the dark yeah do we are we still sticking to our predictions that she is one of two people yeah, it's excess or Don Allen. It's uh, that's the only possible likelihood. But my guess, more more than ever now, is excess is uh, Barry's granddaughter. Uh, again, because we see her writing in that futuristic language, and you kind of see that futuristic language one other place this week. Back on Supergirl, when you're on board the Legion ship, the what they're writing in looks oddly similar, and we know that excess is a member of the Legion. So uh, I don't know if you caught that, but that was definitely there this week when you were on board the Legion ship. I so. did not catch that. That's a good catch. Mm-hmm. So it very much to me, I'm saying that I have to put my money down uh, on this one. Uh, I'm 85 to 90 percent sure this is excess. OK, which is Barry and Iris's granddaughter. Correct. OK. All right. Ah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm wondering how long it's going to be before we're going to find out. Mm hmm. So, uh, all right, moving on to Black Lightning, uh, season one episode, or yeah, season one, episode two, uh, Luanda, the Book of Hope. A glimmer of hope appears in the community that Black Lightning is back to combat the violence. Uh, IMDb gave this a 7.8, INGN an 8.2. So, right around the borderline of that, that did you hero say, legend. Did you say INGN? <laughs> did I, I? I never say it right. I always like <laughs> blow right through it. IGN gave it an 8.2. Um, probably not a lot of stuff to discuss about the episode because the show is still developing this character. 
Um, so there's still a lot of stuff as a whole that we could talk about, but nothing individual as we kind of dive into with these other shows. So probably a short discussion on, on Black Lightning. But uh, I will say, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's definitely picked up from the pilot. It's a stronger episode from the pilot itself, in my opinion. Um, and I'm really, really loving where they're going with this character. It's a completely different feel to this show than we get from the other ones. It's it's a little bit more brutal, which I'm fine with. Um, and I want to say almost a little darker in the fact that this is a show, as you mentioned before, is exploring a lot of things that are happening in real life society. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the one of the best parts about this uh, this series as a whole so far is it seems like it's very unafraid uh, to bring up the really harsh things. And I give them a lot of credit for that because that's sometimes a hard thing to do and even harder to, to portray it in the best way where it is not sugarcoating things. And sometimes when you don't sugarcoat things, you alienate your audience. But I think this is they're doing it the best human way possible is making it as real as possible. Um, so giant credit to the showrunners on this, because I think the way that they're handling everything is spot on. Absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, we're only two episodes into this as well, too. But I also think that Cress Williams is a fantastic actor uh, por portraying Jefferson Pierce. Like, if this is, he's so good at this role. He kind of has that grizzled uh, attitude about him. And, like, he, again, we're living in a world where a pair of goggles that, that tint uh, hide your identity. Um, you know, so it, it you kind of have to throw reality away a little bit to a point. Well, but... there was something kind of interesting there, though, too. And you mentioned that, but there was a really great throwaway line when somebody says what it was like. What was it like looking at him? And he said you couldn't make out his face because it was they said it was like looking into a spotlight. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting because we've seen all these other ways that people are saying, oh, it's just a mask. It's this it's the voice modulator. And the fact that they mentioned that for the first time, I thought it was really kind of unique uh, that that's maybe what's keeping his identity secret a little bit more. So we just haven't seen it visually yet, but that's what people are seeing. So, so you think there's a little bit more to this costume that just than just the, the goggles that hides his identity? Well, I think there's a lot that still needs to be explained. Like we saw him basically having those surges of electricity through his body as, you know, he's pretty much laying on the ground in his bathroom and his ex-wife coming running to him uh kind of just making sure he's okay kind of almost looking like he's having a seizure uh we don't quite understand what that is and why that is quite yet uh in full is that his powers just because he hasn't been using them are kind of doing damage to him was it because of age it, all these little things so i'm very very curious to see that stuff unfold a lot more but it seems like there's there's a lot of story that still needs to be explored. I mean, we, we only have this little inkling of this history and who this character is. And I think it's kind of fun that that's become a mystery of the show. Yeah, we don't even know, I mean, origins of his abilities, origins of his powers yet. Yeah. And so uh, it just, we're getting little tiny pieces of that story. And I like that that's kind of how this is all unfolding. Yeah, I do admit, too, though, I mean, there's a particular scene where there's a fight scene in a stairwell that uh, I thought was a really great fight scene, uh, the chore choreo choreographed uh, great, and I'm really digging the costume. Um, I'm, I'm waiting to see with, with the conventions that I go to how long it's going to be before people are cosplaying as Black Lightning. I hope it doesn't take long because this is uh, – I'm, I'm really just amazed at the quality of the show and the talent 
that's behind it. Uh, the actors, the writing, and just everything in general has been very, very unique and interesting. So yeah, but like you said, it's it's a show that's not afraid to explore you know the real life things that are happening. I mean, there's a scene flat out in the episode where you know the woman with the camera approaches uh, the leader of the 100, and she he flat out just shoots her in in public. Um, they're not afraid to explore the violence. They're not a- afraid to explore the death. Um, that happens to these people and I kind of almost relate it to um, and it's not stereotypical in any way it's more just the tone of the show this is very Luke Cage-ish yeah it really is and I thought Luke Cage was an interesting show I thought it was pretty solid I I think I like what they're doing here a little bit more this is not a Marvel versus DC thing but I think uh, I really like this family angle of this man trying to put his life back together and Luke Cage did that too but Luke Cage kind of like walked away from his problems and, you know, you see Jefferson Pierce doing the same thing. But I love the fact that it's you see Jefferson kind of snap uh, with his ex-wife, kind of like somebody died that I used to teach. And I keep saying, hey, if I was his principal and I was I'm capable of saving more lives, I was like the moment that they're not in my care, I can't do anything for them anymore. And as Black Lightning, I can. And it's kind of, I think it's that realiz- that realization moment that he has that he's like, I have to be both of these things. And I, this, the way that Cress Williams brought that moment to life was kind of heart-wrenching because you knew and you could tell that everything that he was saying was destroying everything he's been built, trying to build towards in his life. And uh, you could really see that fight within him. And I thought that was beautifully, beautifully done. So. Yeah. Well, not only that, but there's another moment, too, where the, the mother that's killed later in the episode, when she's confronting Jefferson, uh, you know, she says it flat out. She's like, why is it that Black Lightning rescued your daughters, but not mine? Right. And I think that's a real eye opening moment for him at that time, too, is like, OK, I have a responsibility as this person, as Black Lightning, that I can't just worry about myself. Like if I have like you said, if I have this ability and I have the 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 means to save people i can't be selfish about it yeah and i one thing i think that's really interesting too is i love the fact that they're kind of building up this backstory between tobias whale and 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 black lightning as well where we are under the impression from episode one that tobias states he was the one that killed black lightning um so and he's even viewing this black lightning black lightning right now is a a second black lightning or a new black lightning and not the same one. He calls him an imposter. An imposter, yeah. yeah. So it's very curious to see how this all plays out. But I think also what's interesting too is the chief of police and and Jefferson's interactions as good friends, but knowing that Jefferson Jefferson was being hunted down by one of his close friends. Uh, so I, it's, it's just the way that they're building this whole thing is very, very unique and very interesting. Uh, then you look at Gamby's relationship with Jefferson's ex-wife as well. And it's kind of like, look, he's going to do what he's going to do. And Jefferson's older daughter, obviously knowing who he was, it seems like, uh, is a big part of this. But his younger daughter, not. So yeah. there's these very interesting angles that are, are taking place through all of this as his oldest daughter is gaining her powers. I apologize. I'm still um, forgetting some names here, uh, but that'll come in probably the next week or so. Um but all as all this plays out, it's it's been really just just you're just fixated on what's happening because everything is coming together in such unique ways, and the secrets that are at play here are going to be interesting to watch evolve. 
So Yeah, and it's also making me realize, too, I mean, again, we haven't seen a backstory yet of how he got his abilities, but the fact that his older daughter, uh, Anissa, is now starting to develop her powers, um, it makes me wonder, was he born with these abilities? Yeah, and it seems like if that's the case, this is a complete change to the Arrowverse a little bit, so I'm curious when we're going to find that out. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's probably going to be sometime. I, I don't know if it'll be sometime within like the next one or two episodes, uh, but maybe within like the next like three to like four or five episodes, we might get a little bit more of a glimpse in his backstory. So at least yeah. that's what I hope. Uh, if not, uh, I'm sure by season's end, we'll, we'll have a better idea. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to next week. Uh, it looks like um, Anissa starts to come into her own while Jefferson tries to decide if the community can survive without Black Lightning. So he's still going through that moral conundrum as to whether or not he should suit back up and become Black Lightning. Uh, in the meantime, it looks like Anissa is going to be developing a little bit more at the same time. I, I'm, I got to say, I'm looking when Anissa is going to finally go to Gamby and say, hey, uh, help. <laughs> so because that's going to be, I think, a wonderful sequence because I'm really loving James Remar in this. And I think that's going to be wonderfully done. And, uh, you know, now that the underlings are out of the way, like Will, who tried to capture Jennifer in episode one, was killed by Lala in this episode. And then Tobias Whale killing Lala by the end of the episode. So uh, it looks like we're about to focus on Tobias very heavily starting this coming week. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and, and we've already seen images of Anissa suited up, so we know that that's going to be happening relatively soon. Yeah, uh, you know, Thunder's first appearance, I have a feeling, will be in the next episode or two. So Yeah. Uh, I know last, I know earlier, too, jumping back to The Flash, I didn't mention next week on The Flash, uh, but uh, if you've seen the promos or you've read anything, a synopsis of it, we're going to be battling a meta who can shrink anything he touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, I think it's Ralph and Cisco. They end up yeah. getting shrunk as part of the episode. I think it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Team or something like yeah, that. Honey, yeah. I Shrunk Team Flash yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, is the title of the episode. Uh, all right. Last show to talk about that being Arrow Season 6, Episode 11, William uh, titled We Fall. William gets caught in the crosshairs as Oliver attempts to stop Kate and James with just the original Team Arrow. Uh, 8.1 from IMDb, which is pretty high. Uh, and a 6.7 from IGGGMNN. Uh, IGN (laughs) (laughs) from IGN. Uh, So a bit of a difference between the two. Not too much. Maybe about a point and some some change. Um, But yeah, both a high hero from both you and I on this one. Uh, Some definite improvements from last week and uh, major improvements from the series from this midseason finale. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, in two episodes, they're definitely they're they're back on the uphill climb, and I'm very happy with that. It's uh, but one of the things I got to say right off the bat. Uh, I love the fact that uh, my thought was like, hey, maybe they'll be the outsiders. <laughs> Curtis's first name he drops. He's like, so OTA, NTA, uh, why don't we just go by the outsiders? And everybody's like, no. That's <laughs> yeah. a great book. Yeah. <laughs> um, a- I-, I will say one thing that kind of um, very similar to season five, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, so I'm not making any comparisons in that note. Uh, but in Kate and James this season, we're getting another villain very similar to Adrian Chase in that he's out in the open. Oliver knows that, um, you know, Kate and James knows that Oliver is the arrow. Oliver knows this fact. Uh, so Kate and James just sta- just walks into his office knowing that there's nothing he can do about it. And we got that with Adrian Chase and Prometheus last season, but for me it held a little bit more 
of uh, an impact last season with Adrian Chase. Well, I think uh, it's than also, it does with Kaden James. And I think the only reason I think why we've been so harsh so far on the season is a little bit more because of the villain, uh, some of the villain angles. I mean, there was a couple of things earlier in the season, but I think we've been able to put a lot of that behind us at this point. But it's uh, there's a lot of recycling with Caden James because you're like, you know, his his angle is the death of his son, uh, who he believes is from the hands of Oliver, which they discussed in this episode. Oliver was in Hope City uh, recruiting Dinah at the time. Um, so it couldn't have been him. But it's that angle of, well, Adrian Chase was angry because of the death of his father and was very public knowing that he knew the uh, identity of Green Arrow. And now you're seeing, again, it's a family member death and somebody that is publicly knows Oliver is the Green Arrow. It feels like we we just did this. Uh, and that's, I think, the big problem here and that they still need to rectify because they're not telling me why he's different or better than Adrian Chase or any of these things. It just feels kind of like a rehash still. That's something that's still holding this season back. Um, I really want to see something different. And that's what now, it is. It makes me wonder, though, do these two events go hand in hand, meaning Prometheus and Caden James? And we do know that Oliver was not Oliver was um, not in in the area when Caden James's son was killed, uh, and I think because he was recruiting Dinah. Now that was all during the Prometheus storyline. So could this, in fact, be because we we did get the rev- we did get conversations and uh, discussions and articles about this when the season started that even though Prometheus is gone, the sins of Adrian Chase will still carry through the carry through the next season um we were led to believe that could be the tremors in diggle's hand and things and the things with black siren could this in fact be that the person who killed Caden james's son was prometheus and now oliver is suffering the consequences more than likely that's the case and i have a feeling we're going to find out as the season progresses this was a contingency plan of adrian and if that's the case it just makes adrian the better villain uh, but I think that ultimately is the saying, hey, last season's it, it's the show. What concerns me is it's if that's the case, which is probably the case. It, are you giving your audience the message that this season's big bad is not as interesting because you're just saying last season's villain was better? Uh, and that's that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe if Caden James and Adrian Chase were potentially partners. And this is the continuation. Um, and if that happens, I think I'd be a little bit more interested. I would love to, if that's the case, I would love to see a flashback um, scene with the return of Josh Segarra. I think uh, that could be cool, and I would love to see if that's where they're going to go with this. And I think that's a possibility. I do think that's, that is a high possibility. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we did see Kate and James walk into Oliver's office, and this was a little bit of the reference that I mentioned earlier is for those of you that did not catch this or did not watch the show. Uh, Kate and James gives Oliver a name, and that name is Ben Gale. Um, uh, for those of you that are familiar with Michael Emerson's previous work, notably Lost, uh, when his character was first introduced on Lost, he went by Henry Gale, uh, and then you later find out that his name was uh, was Ben. Uh, so I thought it was cool that Michael Emerson went with Ben Gale, a combination of the two names that he used at Lost. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't a lot, if that wasn't a Lost reference, that was really coincidental. <laughs> Definitely a Lost reference. I'm it sure. had to be a Lost reference. Yeah. So we're still getting development out of these villainous characters and um we're still wondering where they're going with them and and what's up with them but i will say a big complaint i had about last week's episode has kind of been rectified with me and i don't know if you feel the same way in that i kind of felt like the vigilante character fell flat 
We didn't know. We knew who he was. We knew his identity, yada, yada, yada. He wasn't as big of a badass anymore because of everything was revealed about him. But now we're finding out that's not the case. There's a little bit now of a mystery added back to this character. We know he's undercover, or we're led to believe that he's undercover. We, he could be a double agent, for all we know. Um, but that's part of the mystery. And if he is, in fact, undercover with Caden James and his organization, who is he working for? There's now mystery added back to the vigilante character that makes this character interesting again. Yeah, that's one thing I did walk away from this episode. I was like, wow, do I all of a sudden like vigilante again? And Vince is actually a interesting character. And as the episode ended, I'm like, yeah, I really do think that at this point. Yeah. So they've fixed, they've definitely fixed one of these so-called villains so far. And I think they've done a good job of that. Now is the question is... I'm I'm hoping that they continue to handle it well because I think this, like I said, as we mentioned, this was a really good step in the right direction. Uh, Vince is now an interesting character in this mix because is he going to continue to work with? We're going to call him the Outsiders for the time being. Still, I think uh, we're going to keep calling him the Outsiders even if they don't. Let's yeah, be real. I think let's call him the Outsiders. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's the question of what happens now with. All of that information. And I will say I do still like the fact that you know, we have this fractured team. I think this fractured team actually is kind of interesting to see them both do things on their own side. And I think this actually kind of could make this show more interesting than it currently is. I do think we're going to see things rectified before season's end. But I, I think the way that it's continuing right now could be really cool to see them butt heads in the field. Uh, and now you've got. Uh, a storyline that can focus more on OTA and a storyline that can focus on NTA. So I, I think that's a cool way to do it. So, yeah, I mean, but also at the same time, um, you know, we're going to see the team's butt heads from time to time. Um, but it's also nice to know that even through everything, there is still a mutual respect between both teams. Um, you know, they might not have shared the information or where they got their information from, but when it came time to get the job done, uh, they put differences aside. So I'm okay with the route that they're going with these two teams. I kind of like the idea of them being two separate teams. I mentioned that last week as well. So I think where this show is progressing and where it's come from, and just in the in the two episodes, uh, it's been huge change from the midseason to now. And we're, again, like you mentioned, we're starting to go in the right direction. As far as the heroes go, huge improvements. I'm loving what – I'm actually really enjoying what they're doing with them now. Uh, villains – it's still slow progression, but at least now we're starting to get somewhere. Yeah, it's that's the case. And I think it just took them a little bit longer than I would have anticipated. Uh, usually that midseason finale, it's kind of like, boom, this is where the season's going. And this was like, OK, why is everybody working together? You're giving me no answers here or even an idea or an inkling. And now we're kind of like, I think we're starting to see some of the pieces being laid on the board. And we're going to have a better understanding probably in another couple of weeks. So, yeah, we're starting to see the pieces, uh, you know, laid out on the board, as you had said, but there's still quite a few pieces missing. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I think they're going to get there. I do. I, and it's kind of like, you know, as we, we've been very critical in the season again because of what last season was, um, you know, as we mentioned before, it, it's wanting better things for the show. But we always said we still love the show. We and we still have faith. And when you have faith and you have moments like this, it's like, cool. I'm really happy we stuck with it. You know, it's it's those those moments that you're kind of like awesome. I, I I know the show can do great things. Let's give it time to do those things. I think this this they wasted a little bit of an opportunity earlier on in the season, 
but I think they're they're getting to where they need to. And again, this was always going to be a rebuilding year for the show because this is post the original plan of what the show was and how the show was going to continue. And they had a lot to try to figure out. What do we do when we don't have flashbacks? What do we do with this? What do we do with that? Uh, Oliver's original journey of that 10 year story is over. Um, so it's now interesting to see them kind of be able to look at that and look back at when this and figure out the direction. And I think they're starting to find it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this episode, we found out where Vigilante fits into all of this and why he's now a part of this. So if they're taking it an episode at a time to explore these different elements, I'm okay with that. We don't need to find out in one episode where, ev- where everybody's place is. So, yes, it's a slow progression, but now we know it's a slow progression in the right direction, so I'm, I'm okay with the wait. Um, you know, we need to find out how Richard Dragon incorporates into this now. We fi- need to find out um, how Anatoly incorporates into this now. We we didn't get any Black Siren this week, uh, but we need to find out how these two uh, came to be and how... Caden James was the one that rescued her from from Lee and you, um, you know, so it's there's still a lot more that needs to be revealed, but we're only on episode 11. Yeah, so we still have half of the season to go. So, <laughs> yes, we got plenty of time. Exactly. Plenty of time for things to come. Uh, last big thing from this episode. Well, actually, there was the William angle of it, which I thought was really fantastic. Again, Very well done it, this week, yes. Uh, and I like this, like uh, that we saw William kind of step up a little bit as a hero in this episode for a second or two when the explosion in the tunnel is happening and him being the one to make the hard call to get the other kids from his school to safety, uh, which was a great moment. But then you also, in that moment, you see him get trapped in the explosion and uh, Ollie coming to save his son, which then makes the revel is a revelation to William that his father lied to him and he is still the green arrow. So, well, he, uh, I mean, he is his father's son. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. and that's starting to be revealed, this, you know, that this episode, and now that he's kind of in on everything and he's okay with his father being green arrow, it's going to change the dynamic of everything between the two of them. And I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah. I thought it was really nicely done. As we mentioned in the beginning during the, uh, our, our scoring, that the Felicity angle when William and Felicity are sitting down um, as they're walking and watching through what's happening with the team at the time uh, as they're taking on, uh, oh, my God, brain. <laughs> Who were they fighting? Oh, my God. Uh, when? In the tunnel? Uh, yeah, when they're, when, they're, when they're fighting or when they're dealing with the tunnel sequence and all and they're fighting the underlings in, in the mix of this. Uh, it's just that that wonderful monologue that you see uh, between you know Felicity kind of saying why Ollie does what he does as William is just listening in and it's and it's this wonderful moment when it was filmed beautifully where it was uh you know no no fight sounds it was just the monologue of what was happening and it was scored beautifully and it was just this kind of slows down this combat sequence uh, during the tunnel rescue and I think it was done wonderfully and I really give the show a lot of credit for being able to frame sequences in the way that they do between whether it's action scenes, but they got the emotional punch in this one really beautifully. So, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, I think I brought this up last week too. If I didn't, I meant to. So I apologize. Um, are we still decided yet on whether or not people are being killed? Uh, no, I, I don't think uh, we are at all. <laughs> so, because I mean, there's a moment during that whole monologue with Felicity where you see Oliver flat out pull an arrow out of his quiver and stab somebody with it. Like, I, 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 
Are we going to come to a decision when it comes to this? It's, it's never going to happen. So I think what's to say Ollie's killing people and everybody's okay with it. So you got to yeah. look at also you've got Renee and Diggler shooting people. And the likelihood of somebody bleeding out is fairly high, too. So I, I'm saying killing is totally on the table, and I don't think that's going to change. So I don't think <laughs> it's going to change. And I personally don't have a problem with it. It's just uh, the fact that they bring attention to it. And I'm like, this, you need to make a decision. Yeah. It's okay. Just make a decision. Or just okay. drop it. Yeah. Or just drop um, it. But I think it's where it is. Is it, it, Let's just say killing is on the table and everybody's fine. So uh, last but not least, new suit for Diggle. So the black and red suit for Spartan, which I think was a, a, a nice upgrade. Yes. Very nice upgrade. Although we did see a little bit of a disappointment in in um, in Diggle on that. He kind of felt that now that he's fixed, he might have had the chance to wear the hood again. Um. So I don't know. I, I I think we're back to a point now where Oliver is going to be the Arrow. Uh, we might see Diggle suit up as the Arrow one or two more times before the end of the season, especially if we go back into the whole um, storyline about him being outed as the Green Arrow to that to that special agent. Oh, it's definitely got to happen because it's going to have to. <laughs> so yeah, that's the fracture of the team and the reason for the fracture of the team. So uh, I, I'm sure that's to come very soon. So. Yeah, so um, looking forward to – oh, I will say, too, one of the other coolest sequences from this uh, episode for me was Dinah stopping a train. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I will say uh, her using the canary cry to slow a train down was – one of the most interesting things I've seen done with the the black uh, black canary power. So yes, especially for the show. Uh, looking forward to next week. It looks like we're going to when it comes to Kate and James, we're going to explore and the villains uh, Anatoly's uh, storyline behind this. So maybe we'll find out next week why Anatoly is now in the mix, and we'll be even closer to finding out the total package of uh, of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, let's uh, hit the news and then we'll get the recommendations and our cheap plugs and we can get out of here. All right. So uh, we're going to start in a place that we haven't talked about in a long time. And we're going to bring up Gotham because uh, you know what? This was a story I think that is well worth bringing up. Uh, David Mazzeau confirms the Joker is indeed coming to Gotham and it will definitely not be Jerome. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, even uh, we saw in that uh, Cameron Monaghan uh, stated that uh, he's like he's like I am definitely not the Joker, and that's all I can really say. He's like he's definitely is the inspiration for the Joker, and the way the Joker comes into the show uh, is, in my opinion, one of the most brilliant things Gotham has ever done, and that is coming from Cameron Monaghan. So he says his character is a reason for it, uh, and he is very much related to it, but. Uh, expect a surprise and it sounds like it's coming and it sounds like it might be coming this season so kind of curious so i yeah. think when the season wraps up i will watch the season as a whole so gotcha uh, i'm, I'm right. still watching so i'm i'm okay with it i am very well behind <laughs> uh too much to watch right now uh, too much on my plate so um Let's head into a little bit, too, is uh, we've got some Krypton news here. And I apologize, guys, if I'm a little out of it. I've got a vicious migraine, and I've been kind of fighting off the flu. So my brain's just not all there. Uh, But uh, in the world of sci-fi's TV show Krypton, uh, Game of Thrones alum Hannah, I think it's Waddingham, is going to be coming into a recurring role of Jack Soar who is a character previously that appeared on Superman, the animated series in uh, the episode Man of Steel. 
Uh, so this character, we said we will be seeing make multiple appearances and is a, a moral Kryptonian scientist that was sentenced to the Phantom Zone. So the character was originally introduced back in 1961 in Action Comics 289. So, all right. Uh, jumping into some things that are happening on the TV side of the normal Arrowverse. Um, before we get into the main little bits and pieces, uh, Greg Berlanti and uh, Mark Pedowitz did state the reason why there is not more than four shows on at any point in time. They said, look, we understand people are disappointed with the way that Black Lightning is kind of changing up the pacing of some things with Supergirl and Legends, uh, sorry, Legends of Tomorrow. They said the main reason that they don't want to have five shows on currently at the same time is they're worried that they would be the reason for causing any kind of burnout for superhero shows on TV. And they said they, you know, while there has been some ratings drops this season uh, and some shows that are doing better than others, they said the biggest important thing right now is to make sure that they're not causing an additional uh, drop in ratings because they have too much on at once. And I think this does make sense. I, I do think that their reasonings on their on when to air Black Lightning, I think was a little odd. And I think they maybe should have waited until the season's wrapped and just said, boom, here's some shows for the summertime or something like that. But, um, you know, that is their official statement and reasonings why. Hey, from a cop, from a podcaster's point of view, I'm not disappointed that there's not five shows on. Yes. <laughs> uh, jumping into Supergirl. Uh, apparently, it sounds like Supergirl will be battling the Canalorians, and that means we could see classic DC villain Disparo show up at some point in time, which would be kind of cool. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Canalorians, they are the uh, kind of the violet, uh, purplish, pinkish colored aliens with the giant fins on their head and that third eye. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this. So that'd be kind of neat to see uh, them show up sometime soon. Uh, jumping into the Flash real quick, uh, a picture that has made a couple people say WTF, is, <laughs> including uh, us, uh, is actually I haven't I I have just recently looked at it, which is showing Candace Patton suited up uh, on the set of the Flash. Now I I'm wondering the reasons why and what's to come of this but i think this is very much a super temporary thing and this could be something of her having to get out there with team flash and hiding her identity uh just while barry is locked away so no different than we've seen hr out there with a gun if uh something horrible happens and team flash all needs to suit up to maybe get involved this is just a way to protect her identity this also could be an alternate earth version of iris coming into the mix shape or form so it's a big wait and see so Yes, it is. Uh, we already talked a little bit earlier, too, about Goldberg playing that classic character, Big Sur. Uh, again, still one of the silliest names in the world. Uh, but, um, you know, not exactly uh, the the traditional classic version of the character. But if you do want to see anything more on this, you can definitely check him out. And if you look up some wikis, you can see some appearances when he was in the past uh, as his character, Duffus uh, P. Ratchet, his original name. Uh, in the comic books, but he was indeed a part of the rogues at a small point in time. So you can check him out, obviously, in the classic Trial of the Flash books. So um, a classic character from the Arrowverse making a return to Arrow. Not a big shock. Katrina Law will be returning as Nissa Al Ghul in just a couple of episodes from now. So we will see her come back to Star City to warn of an impending danger that will threaten everything we know and love, which is the official statement from Mark Guggenheim. So uh, it sounds like Law will be making her appearance in the 16th episode titled The Thanatonius Guild. 
So I love Katrina. She's she's such a sweetheart. I love when she when she gets to come back to the show. Yeah. Um, jumping into um, some. We're not quite sure Arrowverse yet, but a little bit more Titans info. Uh, another casting has been happened for a female early 20s to early 30s East Indian descent. Uh, has the mentality of a survivor, a survivor and the scars along with it. Unsettled and a little unusual and an orphan character. Uh, limited dialogue at her very first appearance and must be familiar with Hindi. Uh, possible reoccurring guest star. Uh, and everybody is wondering right now who this is going to be. But a lot of people are thinking this could be a character by the name of Solstice. Uh, that first showed back up in 2010 and had a later New 52 incarnation with the same power set. So uh, they said uh, they had the character's New 52 character kind of had almost a smoke monster from Lost vibe. So it's the question of what we're going to see from this character. So um, jumping into some movie stuff, not a ton here, just very light on the news, but it sounds like that Henry Cavill's Superman may actually make an appearance in Shazam. A quick little cameo to be made. So not much more on it, but it's just right now rumors at this point in time. Uh, jumping into uh, a little bit more too from Chris McKay's Nightwing film. They did say, yes, a little too early to start talking about casting. Uh, but in February, say around Va- Valentine's Day, you should be hearing a big update on what is to come with Nightwing. So it sounds like we are not too far along from hearing much more to come. Uh, and... Uh, while not news, uh, we did say last week that episode four of Batman the Enemy Within is indeed out. Uh, ben, I don't know if you had an opportunity. I did get a chance to play it at about two o'clock this morning because my, <laughs> because I was having some serious problems sleeping because I've been a little under the weather. But I decided since I was up, why the hell not? Uh, I can say episode four was awesome. I did not have a chance to play it yet. Um, maybe later this afternoon I'll get a chance to finally play it. Yeah, so maybe we can talk about that if we have some time next week. Gotham by Gaslight's also out there right now. I haven't had an opportunity to watch that yet, but I will probably Me be doing so in the next day or two. Uh, that does it for the news, though. Oh, all right. So a shorter news segment, which is kind of good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Recommendations for this week. We're actually back to uh, kind of back to our origins a little bit. Is that we both have comic book related uh, recommendations this week, which is uh, which is kind of cool. Um, one of mine, mine's a little old school. Uh, it's one I I've never read before, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. Is I'm uh, I am reading uh, Final Crisis, which is the graphic novel um, from oh God. I I should know the year. Um, it's not too long ago, I don't, uh, I don't five, believe. Five years ago, give or take, maybe five, six years ago. Sounds about right. It was uh, what it was shortly after Flashpoint or right before Flashpoint, I think, maybe. If, I can't remember exactly. It's uh, right around that timeline, though. Um, uh, 2014. Yep, I was going to uh, say, it couldn't have been more than five years ago. So, Yeah, but although I, I've, I've begun reading it, but I think I might hold off now. Only be, I'm, I'm only maybe like 10 pages into it. Uh, I literally just started it, and it is um, 392 pages. So I have a long way to go uh, before I'm even close to the end. But I think from the conversation you and I were having beforehand, uh, before we started recording, I think I have some other stuff to read first. Yes. <laughs> before I before I go into Final Crisis. Um, that yeah. being uh, Infinite Crisis, Identity Crisis, and I know I've I've also been very interested in reading Black Knight with or Darkest Night, which now you tell me I should read Sinestro Core Wars. Oh, Black uh, before oh, I re- Blackest Night. Darkest Night, I think, is something completely different in DC. Uh, uh, did I? What did I say? 
Darkest Night. Oh yeah, Blackest Night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're right. Uh, and but I, I, and honestly, I still I still gotta say, it. You should definitely read Crisis on Infinite Earths before you dive into all these. That is the precursor to all of this. Well, I I have Crisis on Infinite Earth, so no, I, good, I will good, probably good, good. start with that first, and then I will dive into um, probably. What did you say came first? It was um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Then Inf- read Infinite Crisis. Uh, infinite crisis well no identity it's crisis on infinite earths identity crisis infinite crisis final crisis okay and uh after infinite crisis is when sinestro core war blackest night happens and then final crisis happens shortly after blackest okay so my order should be crisis on infinite earths Mm -hmm. uh identity crisis yes infinite crisis yes darkest blackest night sinestro core war uh, sinestro core war blackest Blackest Night. night final crisis Ta-da! <laughs> Boy, I have a lot to read. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, it will not take you longer, long, though. You will realize that quickly because you'll be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And then when certain things happen, when you have knowledge of some of these characters beforehand and when they show back up and knowing, oh, this was written in the 80s. Oh, this is the first appearance of this character since then. Oh, <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah, because I think Crisis on Infinite Earths was, what, like 84, 85? Something about that, yeah. But yeah. that's, and, and again, because it's such a... In, it's such an important part of what you kind of see the basis for a lot of the Arrowverse, uh, for some of the ideas that they have. And when they those pay off and you're like, wow, that's totally a nod to this. So I think you'll enjoy it. But yeah, Final right. Crisis is the third crisis. Official third crisis. So. All right. I got, a, I got a lot to do. Oh, yes. Uh, how about you? Recommendation um, for this week. Um, for me, Doomsday Clock, number three, just came out this past Wednesday. And man, is that getting interesting. And I'm really bummed that they said uh, it is getting ready to go bi-monthly. And there's 12 episodes. So it's going to be like another year before this is done. And I'm like, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> I really want more of this now. Actually, it's going to be over a year. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, very interesting storyline so far. And uh, amazing uh, sequel to The Watchmen. Uh, it's something I didn't think that was humanly possible. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we're we're back into the books again, which is um, interesting. So because I, I fell away from the books for quite a long time, but I got I got a lot of stuff I got to get caught up on when it comes to the books. So apparently now that my list is probably like over 100 issues long now. Yeah. I mean, so. I, mean I would put them as DC essential readings. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if we have a DC podcast, I, I Crisis on Infinite Earths is something I should have at least read by now. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm I'm going to correct that. Sometimes it's hard to go back to books that far back. So it's uh, but I will say that one does hold up beautifully. So nice. Uh, all right, some cheap plugs, and then we will uh, will of course get out of here. Um, Next Level Show, the Showcast Spotlight is my other podcast here on the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, Next Level Podcast Network dot uh, Next Level Radio Online dot com is the website where you can find this podcast as well as all of the other podcasts on the network. Uh, Facebook dot com slash next slash Next Level Radio Online, and of course the Facebook page for this page is Facebook dot com slash DC Primetime. And as for me, you can find me at nextlevelradioonline.com as well through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Uh, the last episode we just recorded was just this past week where we did our villains episode. It was a ton of fun. Uh, that should be edited and up probably by midweek. So it'll definitely be up before the end of the month, uh, which means we're getting back on track, uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> and I think the next one we're going to do post this. 
is we're going to do one on musicals. Uh, oh, I got to be a part of that one. <laughs> so, I was disappointed I missed this one. Uh, but yeah, musicals is going to be the next one. I think we're going to be bringing in a couple new cast members, at least just from this episode, that episode. And I will be probably taking a step back. I will host it, but I will probably have very <laughs> little to say. But I know uh, in geek culture, between musical episodes of TV shows have always been a huge thing. But not just that, but uh, this musicals in general uh, is another thing that uh, geek culture really, really adores and loves, whether it be a Disney film or uh, something like The Greatest Showman uh, or, you know, Hamilton, whatever it may be. But I know a couple things I can pipe up on. But as far as the history, <laughs> I am not the one to do that. So uh, but I, I think it's going to be a fun one too. So we'll be I doing have that watched I have watched Shrek the Musical twice already. It is wonderful. If you haven't it's, watched it, if you have kids, that is a phenomenal thing to sit down with. But it's just generally as a wonderful, fun little message. And it's just a really cute and funny show. Yes. Uh, and of course, I uh, want to mention one more time that we do have a voicemail. one 247 5380 Feel free to give us a call toll-free in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and leave us a voicemail. Let us know some of your thoughts, opinions, and things like that. Uh, so, of course, um, I'll mention it this week. Special thanks to George Thaw, George, George Thaw, uh, George Shaw, who provides the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all of his work at georgeshawmusic.com. And again, thank you to everybody for just being a part of the community. Thank you for podcasting, for subscribing, for listening, uh, for posting, for commenting, all that fun stuff next week four more shows to talk about as we are back to the full force of everything but until that time we'll see you guys around the bend take care peace